don't worry, I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How y'all doing out there? Welcome to Rapfest Radio, rapfestradio.com. We're just about to start. Got a chance to tell your friends to tune in. We'll be here till about 9 o'clock. We have our good friend, Pastor Jose Cruz from New Birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Birth Church, New Birth New York. New, New Birth New York. New yeah. Birth New York. Uh, no, it's not a new city. Uh, <laughs> it's New Birth New York is his church. And we're excited to have him here. Uh, everyone out there listening, don't forget you can join our chat room. You don't need to have a login ID or anything. Just click the little link that's up there or down there. It says join a chat room, type in your name and hit enter. My wife Alice is in the chat room. She'll take your questions and hand those questions to us. Or you can call us at 805 RAPFEST. That's 805-727-3378. We actually prefer that you just text us to that number because we can read your questions on the air rather than have you talk on the air. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Pastor Jose, welcome. Welcome. You, wow, this is the first person that actually shakes Amen. my hand as a welcome on the show. Usually, yo, what's up, man? Yeah. What's up? Chill. Yeah. No, uh, welcome. We're, we're, we're excited to have you here. Amen. Um, excited to be here. You know, we, we've connected recently through, well, in the past through events that we couldn't connect with. Amen. And now, you know, this year more, we've been, we've been able to connect some. Uh, and... Like I said before on Rapfest Radio, when we first started the video, our intention is to reach out to all the different pastors and churches and ministries in the New York City area, all, all the boroughs, and, and let people know what's going on out there. You know, and we were excited when we heard about New Birth Church and the ministries that you're working with. But um, I don't want to give away your details. So why don't you, you know, formally introduce yourself to the people and the name of your church and where it's located and stuff, and then we'll, we'll dig right in. Amen. Uh, well, uh, my name is Pastor Jose Cruz, and I pastor New Birth, New York. Uh, it, it is a brand new church. It's a mission, still a mission status. Uh, we began on January 7th of this year. Uh, we began with about nine people, and uh, as of right now, we're probably at about 60 people now. Wow. Um, Amen. Uh, we've, we have a heart for the loss. You know, um, the church is located on 180th Street and Daly Avenue. Um, the address of the bill, we actually function out of two locations. We function out of the community, a community center on Thursdays and Mondays. And then Sundays we function out of a hall that's one block down. So we don't have our own building yet. So, uh, and the, the community center is located at 921 East 180th Street. Am I right? Yes. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and the hall sure. is on 868 East 180th Street. And that's on the second floor. So uh, we kind of function out of both locations. Um, and uh, Thursdays is usually like our family service. And Sunday we have our, our worship service where, you know, we can invite the whole community to come in and to both services and, you know, just preach the gospel, man. That's... You know, I think I have to go one day. Amen. Yes. I have to. I think I have to go one day to uh, to 868 yes. East 180th Street to that second floor for a church service. Because the last time I was in there was for a Sweet 16. Yes, that's exactly and I was, I was I was probably about 13, exactly 14. I was probably about 13, 14 years old. Uh, it wasn't the nicest environment, oh, you know, and I wasn't the <laughs> nicest person either. I remember breakdancing in a suit and tie. Yeah. Uh, yes, I used to do that. <laughs> and it, it was it was interesting. It yeah. was interesting. But, you know, I, I think it's time to visit the hood. You know, Eddie's yeah. Cleaners down below and yes, those guys. We used to hang with them all the time. But that's cool. So you started your church January 7th. So you became a pastor. This is the first church you ever pastor. Well, um, I, I had done like interim pastorship um, in uh, Mount Kisco. Um, the church was called um, Fountain um, Fountain of Eternal Life. It was okay. um, the church of Bernie Williams. Used to oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the New York Yankees, and he went there. So um, they went into a, to a, um, through a transition 
um, about a year before we, we started New Birth. And uh, uh, we, we went out there, we were, them, we were with them for about seven, eight months. And we kind of helped to restore the church and we kind of helped the church to heal from everything. And they were able to start moving forward and doing that. So when our time came that we were done, God had told us from the beginning we weren't gonna stay, even though, you know, you really wanted to stay. Right, 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 right. Of course, of course. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Lord had let us know from the beginning that, it, you know, we weren't meant to stay there. And uh, we, we, we have an urban heart, you know, that, that, was, that was the heart that God had put inside of us. And we knew that we were inner city. We had an inner city vision, you right. know. Um, and I remember, I remember, like, being at that church. And um, when you got there, it was very different because... Malkisco um, is a very, very beautiful place and right. a lot of trees and stuff. Very suburban. Yeah, like. very suburban. I remember, you know, uh, contemplating, you know, are we going to stay here? You know, if we're going to stay here, how do I reach the inner city? <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. You what know? inner city? So, that, so I, you know, enough for nothing. That's a strategy that my, my wife and I had spoken about too. We used to go to a church in White Plains. It's like trying to reach the urban community in the yeah, suburbs yeah. because they're, they're urban people out yeah. there. You know, but but go ahead. Yeah, so you know, so I, you know, I remember sometimes I would sit down and I just start thinking, you know, we can open up an office in the city. We could do this. We can do that. <laughs> so it was really crazy that I was over there, but I was visioning. I had, my vision was still here, hmm. and that was the vision that God was giving me. You know, it was the vision that God was was pushing was pushing on my heart. You know, right. He was letting me know this is where I want you. So when the door, when that door finally came to a close, we uh, it was hard. You know, because you know after seven months being around people serving them and having them serve you. Right. Um, it was hard to leave, but we knew it was the right thing. We knew God had something else for us, right. you know. So we kind of just came back into the city and just, start, you know, we picked up right where we left off with the Bronx Section Youth Ministries for the Assemblies of God, and we just kept working and going forward, you know. So. Wow, that's that's awesome. And what church did you attend before you became a pastor? I was at Pentecostal Church of the Living God, and Dios viviente, in case anybody's wow. watching, um, Pastor uh, Reverend Dr. Nick Gonzalez. And nice. that's my, my pastor, my father, my mentor. He's a tremendous man of God. Wow, that's cool. You know, nowadays it seems like there are a lot more, a lot more young pastors coming up. And I know when I was a kid, I used to always think of the word pastor, old man, pastor, <laughs> old man, because it seemed like that's what it was. Yeah. Every pastor was at least 50, 60 years old. You know, and here we are 10, 12, 13 years old in the church and wondering how this old man must be the pastor. Yeah. You know, but nowadays there's so many young pastors. We have yourself, Brother E, Pastor George, Pastor yeah. Mitch, Pastor Mike Carrion, uh, Ray Serrano. Yeah, All of these guys are young in their early 40s, you know, and it's it seems like like not that it's a trend, but I guess it, it was a need. Did, did you feel that you starting this church was trying to fill a void within the Christian market, or what, yeah. what was it? Well, I mean, I think that the church is ready for transition. Um, I think the transition hasn't been easy. Uh, I mean, even now, even now when people come to New Birth and they see us as pastors, they're like, but you guys are so young. So the people themselves, uh, you know, they're kind of in this mindset where they're like, you know, they, they have a mindset of what a pastor should look like, what he should dress like, right. what he should talk like. You know, he should have some gray hair. <laughs> he should have some experience. So when they come into a, 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 a new church with young pastors that are, that, that are radical and passionate and on fire, it's hard for them. It, you know, it's hard for them to, to get into gear, you know, because here you are in a church where you're getting preached to. And mm. now you come into a church where you're getting commissioned. And I mm. think that's something that the, that the new pastors are, 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 are ready to do. They're not just there to open the church and preach. They, they, they're saying, listen, we're ready to go out there and do this with you. We got to right. go work. We got to go do this. Right. So um, I, I think the church is in, tr is, is in a necessary transition. I, I think it's a, it's a rough transition. 
because I, I think uh, I, I think that the, the past generation has had difficulty in just allowing this new generation to come in um, because we're different, because right. we look different, because we dress different, because uh, you know we don't fit into a mold that they that they had that they had envisioned of what a, a, a church or a pastor should look like. Right, right. So they're they're struggling, and 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 even even now still these are still the leaders. These are still the you know the people who are making the decisions. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's still hard. It's still easy. It's, it's not easy, you know. And we've had our share of, of attacks and struggles, um, you know, doing the church, you know. And, uh, and most, of the tracks, most of the attacks have always been from, you know, or most of the struggles or conflicts usually come from, you know, those, those ministries that don't see this or don't understand it. You know what right. I mean? You don't understand what, something what, that makes it hard. What are, what, are, what are some of those struggles that you could explain without giving any names? No, no shouting out names. We love all the churches and pastors out there. Thanks for your support, even in, even in prayer and thought. Even if you're fighting against us, it's because you believe that we're doing something powerful. Amen. Uh, but, uh, wow, that was a good one, right? Good yeah, cover, was, good th cover, thank you for good cover. <laughs> no, but tell us, tell us some of the struggles. And I say this for the mm. benefit of other pastors or other young ministers that are thinking, I want to launch a church or I feel a call to become a pastor. What do I do? You know, or what? I don't want to do it because I'm going to have these kind of struggles. Yet yeah. you already went through some of those struggles, maybe even yeah. still going through, Amen. but you're not stopping, you're moving forward. The same like Brother E, Pastor George, and everybody else. Everybody has their struggles. What are some of the struggles that you faced in, in starting up the church? I think, I think, uh, I think with, with, with young leaders, the passion, the passion that you bring is, is very intimidating. Hmm. Um, you know, and you, you're coming from a church that's, that, uh, you know, the church has become religious. You know, it has, oh, yeah. you know, unfortunately, it has become very religious and it's become very hard. So now you have this new generation that's breaking out. And they're saying, listen, this is not this is not what I want for church. This is not what I believe God is calling me to. And, you know, believe it or not, there's there's uh, the church drifted away from the gospel. You know, we, we drifted very far away from the gospel. We weren't preaching Christ no more. We were preaching theology. We were preaching a lot of Greek, a lot of Hebrew, a lot of, you know, and all of that stuff is great, but there was no power. We had, you know, we were losing that, that sense of, of uh, we were losing our courageousness. We were losing that fire that was driving us out to, to save the souls. And that, that's, that's all we exist for. That's the purpose of the church right. is you got to preach the gospel. Why are we, why did Jesus leave us here? Right, you know, right. that's, that's the whole existence of the church is to preach this gospel to the lost, not to have services. Not to just go into church and sing worship songs. We need to preach the gospel. So when, when this new generation begins to break out and they're coming out with all this passion, it's very intimidating. It's very scary. Um, and, uh, and, and just that we're willing to challenge the status quo. And we're right. willing to say, you know what? This wasn't allowed when I was there, but I don't, I, I, I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to try it if it saves souls. Right. You know, I'm amen. willing to try this if it saves lives. And if it saves lives, then amen. I mean, and you know, uh, I mean, you, you're doing a rap fest. I can imagine at the beginning, you know, how that was at the beginning. Still. You know? Yeah, still, still, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and and it's the same thing now with this new generation that's coming in because we look different, man. And we, we do look different. Right. I get criticized for not wearing a tie. I get, you know, New Birth. What do you mean you don't wear a tie? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, New Birth New York is, uh, it, it is a relaxed church. Nobody wears ties. Don't, you come as you are. When we say that, we mean it. When you come as you are, come as you are. I mean, we've had kids show up in pajamas and a blanket because they were sick at home, but they didn't want to miss church. Wow. They didn't want to miss church. And, she, you know, here comes this young lady running into the doors because she didn't want to miss church. So she's, she lives a block down and she has a blanket around her and in PJs, but she could come to church and still worship. Amen. You know what I mean? I and, mean, well, pajamas was a yeah. style for a while, you amen, know? And like pajamas and fresh Nikes, like, what's up? That's you know? right, yeah. But it's true. I think many churches, many churches got 
caught up in the religiosity yeah. of what church is, and we lost the fact that we could actually reach out to the hurting. Amen. You know, because you don't look according to Chronicles 2, yeah. I can't talk to you, or you can't be part of this family until, you know, how, how they say in those churches, oh, welcome, come as you are, but then be like us. Amen. You know, as opposed to come as you are and Jesus will work with you and transform you to whatever you're supposed to be. We'll accept you, you know, because many churches want you to join, want you to join. But they already have a format and an application almost saying, I will wear a tie on Sunday. I will go to church five times a week. I'll do this and that, you know, and it's awesome because it's definitely a need. It is a rough transition. Yeah. But at the same time, something's hitting my mind as we talk. I talk about a lot of pastors that when you see them, they're old, they're, you know, when I say old, like 50, 60 years old, 70 years old, they're pastoring, and you hear them speak, they've been pastoring for 40, 50 years. So they were young when they started, Amen, yeah. but times were different back then, exactly, yeah. you know, and and I think it was part of that whole strict Pentecostal, you know, yes. the, the men sit on the left, the you ladies on the right, right. Yeah, you know, the damas had to wear the pink and brown uniform, <laughs> and the guys were forced to wear the pink and gray or whatever, you know, uh, but all of that stuff is kind of gone. Yeah. So here comes New Birth. You keep saying something, New Birth, New York. That leads me to believe there's New Birth, Connecticut, New Birth, Puerto Rico, New Birth, New Jersey. Well, so what's what's with the New York there's part? A, there's a New Birth, Orlando, and that's the church that birthed, um, that birthed New Birth, New York. Um, uh, they, this was a, a ministry um, pastored by um, Pastor Gabby Mejia. Of course. From Orlando, yes. Florida. Um, uh, Shout out to him. I hope he's watching. Amen. And uh, <laughs> he ran Holy Ghost Mission here years ago, and they did a bunch of outreach events back in those days. So um, he uh, he's out in Florida. He's pastoring New Birth Orlando, and he had a heart for for, for New York City. Um, at that same time, we were in transition. We were already at a point where we were ready. We were feeling God's call. We were like, listen. And I remember sitting with my pastor. And I remember my pastor, Nicanor Gonzalez. And I remember he said, he said, listen, if you if you want to do what's in your heart, you you're gonna have to start from scratch. He was mm-hmm. like, if you try to go into a place that's already formed, you're gonna have a lot of problems because your vision is very different. It's a very radical vision, so you gotta, well, you gotta you're gonna have to start from scratch. That's truth. So we started we started to pray, and God started to put it in my heart. Oh, I'm gonna start a church, and and I dreaded that. I was scared of that, really, um, because I did it for ten years with my dad, you know, and uh, and I saw the toll that that took uh, on our family, on our home, on him, um, and it was difficult. It was a difficult ten years where the church would rise and then fall, rise. And uh, I had always said, I'll never start a church in New York City. That was wow. that was the one thing. I was like, I'll never, I'll say, I don't want to start a church in New York City. I just didn't want to do it, you know? Um, and look, look where God has me. <laughs> so, so your so, parents were pastors? Yeah, my parents, um, um, Jose and Aida Cruz, they, they were pastors. My mother passed away uh, in 1999 um, to, to breast cancer. So when she passed away, my father kind of, you know, he, he couldn't keep things going and he kind of lost his balance, so they ended up uh, giving the. They didn't close the church; they gave it to a council to run. At that same time, where I was going through my own struggles and my own battles, and uh, I ended up falling away from the Lord and stuff. So they pastored for about ten years, and we opened about three churches. Uh, one of the churches is still standing, which is the one on 180th and Hughes, where the Chingalings are, where oh. the Chingaling gang is right there. That's uh. That has the wall. I, all I the know. Things. I know. My dad opened that church. We which what that. church? What's the name of that church there now? Now I don't. I'm not sure what is the name Calvary? is now. No, Calvary's across the street. Okay. It's the one that's it's right it's right on the corner, one eightieth, and it has the mural, the Chingling mural. Yeah, on the yeah, side. yeah. So now that's a church, but that's I have a funny Chingling story. I'll tell you yeah. in a second. <laughs> so that 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 mural on the side is it, there's a church in there. There's a church. So you know, we we um, my father pretty much built that. He built the altar. We built the floor there. Everything was falling apart. So we started that church. Then that was the last church he pastored. You know? oh, okay. 
So uh, I really didn't want to do it, you know, um, but God put it in my heart. And um, we, we, we had just come out of the, the second revolution event that we had. Um, and uh, and God, God was putting in my heart that I had to take this event back home. And, uh, and we started, and you know, I started to contemplate, okay, what would this look like if I take it back home? Right. And uh, if I, well, what I mean by back home, I went back to the community where I had come from. Right. So uh, at that same time, we, we had just finished that event, that third event, where we took it to the community, 75 people gave their lives to Christ. We felt like about 500 people. Wow. And uh, I remember walking out of the park that night, it was about nine o'clock at night, and walking through the community that I grew up in. And, uh, and we're seeing people crying still on the sidewalk. And everything had been broken down. Everybody was gone, and there were people standing in front of the building, still crying, hmm. and still. And I said, and, and and right there, I just felt. I said, Lord, you know, they need this. They they really right. they they need the gospel. You know, nobody nobody's preaching. And I, uh, me and my wife, we uh, for that event, for that revolution event, which was called the Live, um, we 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 had gone into the community about a week before, and we were evangelizing. And I remember we remember um, finding this lady. And she told, she said, why are you doing this? She said, nobody ever comes out here. Wow. Nobody does stuff like this. She said, why are you guys even wasting your time? You guys shouldn't come out. You guys shouldn't do this. If anything, they, they, you know, they might hurt you. You know, they might do this or they might do that. And I said, you know what? I said, you know, we're going we're gonna to do it anyway. You know, we're going to go ahead and do it. I remember we gave out book bags for the kids and we gave out toys for the kids in the community nice. and free food and we had kids activities. So, uh, and that was pretty amazing because there's about 15 churches in that area. Right, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's not like there's no churches. There. No, no. There's it's about, just a matter of a church that fits what's needed in the amen. area. So there's about 15 churches in that area. And to hear that was, was really impacting. Um, and uh, it really moved me where I was, you know, I said, you know, something's got to change. Something, this can't keep going like right, this. Right. Somebody, somebody, somebody needs to do something, you know. And uh, at that same time, Pastor Gabby Mejia gave us, um, he, he reached out to us. He said, listen, um, I, I want to start a church and, you know, would you guys be willing to lead it up for us? And it was kind of just like, bang, bang. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was yeah. like, here goes God, God putting it in my heart and here comes the opportunity and the help to do it. And, uh, and it, it, it just kind of clicked and it was the right time. It was the right Amen. season. Um, we started meeting in November at, at my pastor's church in a classroom with about seven, eight, nine people. And, and on January 7th, we initiated the first service. And at the second service, eight people came to Christ. Wow. Yeah, and then from those eight people, it just started to expand and to grow. I mean, and that's awesome. That's what's necessary now. I love to hear testimonies from pastors and churches where they talk about how many people gave their life to the Lord. It's, yeah. it's true. Many of us reconcile weekly. You know, we, we just have struggles and we're weeping at the altar. But it's great when you see a new person walk in, doesn't know anything about anything, you know, as far yeah. as church is concerned. Yeah. And they raise their hand saying, please pray for me. I don't know what it is, but I need it. Amen. You know, and, and you don't see that often enough. You know, one thing I thank God for Sanctuary Fellowship because we, we have we see that pretty often. I think every week we have somebody that walks in, doesn't know what's going on. And, you know, they just they just want a little bit. I want some of that, whatever Amen. that is, you know. And it's true. There, there's a need out there. You can have 100 churches and there's still going to be some people that feel like they don't fit in. Exactly. Let's be real. Many churches are not welcoming. I was talking about the outreach magazine. Yeah. I love it because at the, at the back of the magazine, they always have this thing called the mystery guest, right? So they have this thing called a mystery visitor. And the first thing they do, they say an unbeliever reports on an unannounced visit to a local church. So they'll get anybody said, so do me a favor, go visit New Birth, New York and pay attention to a couple of things and tell me how they are. So they're saying, what, what was your first impression of the church? Describe the service. 
Were there any opportunities to respond to an altar call? Because many pastors don't do altar calls mm -hmm. even nowadays. Know. You know, they'll sing, they'll they'll preach, and they'll say, "Thank you, have a good week, see you next week, or whatever." And you don't even have a chance to respond and say, "I was touched by that." You know, how could I receive some of that? Uh, did you connect with anyone in your church? Uh, and of course, would you visit again? Most of the time, there's no right. But uh, <laughs> you know, but it, but it's interesting that you mentioned that because. You can have 15, you can have a whole row of churches, and unfortunately, it's just like a shopping experience. You go to this store. If you don't like what they sell there, you, you go, go to, to the, the next, next one, one. Yeah, and you go to the next one. When you find the right one, that's the one you're going to go back again. Amen. You know, either they had a really good sale, <laughs> or they just had something that you like. Exactly. You know, and either way, it's it's a connection. You know, um, you had you had your event called Contagious, which happened the week before Rap Fest, Amen. August 7th. Amen. Right, and it was at Tremont Park where we had Rap Fest the year before, Amen. like in the street out there. Okay, and our events were always like on the same day. Never had a chance to connect, but this year it, it worked out perfect. I was able to attend. Amen. It was a blessing. I dare call it contagious, more of like a almost like an outdoor youth rally. Amen. Because almost everybody, almost everybody that was in attendance was like born again Christian from Amen. you know from a local church. And yes, there were a lot of people, you know, from the park that were just hanging out on, on the outskirts, Amen. just watching. But when you were able to do that prayer circle with everybody, that, that kind of told me, okay, these guys got to all be Christian. Because they weren't, they're not going to be holding hands <laughs> with us. You know, ain't nobody going to sit in the park holding hands with total strangers. Yeah, what, yeah. what are you praying to or praying about? Amen. You know, but that's awesome. The fact that, you know, we have these outlets. And you had some great, great music. Uh, you had this great freestyle rapper, Bert Boca Chica. <laughs> he showed up. No, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun at that event. But I was, I was more excited the fact that you were able to attend Rap Fest the week after. And I'm, I, I'm apologizing in public because I read your, your Facebook status at like one in the morning after Rap Fest, yeah. which said. I'm on two hours sleep after work. I'm going here, going there. Gonna go pick up my wife. Then gonna go to Rafa's. Then gonna go to sleep. Then gotta go to church in the morning. And as soon as you showed up to Rafa's, I said, "Pastor Jose, are you ready so you can do an altar call?" And you're like, "Uh, uh, yeah." yeah. <laughs> you know. And then I realized that you were running on fumes. But yeah. it was an awesome altar call. Amen. Uh, I th the people responded well, and you know sometimes that's how our ministries are. When you're ready, and, and you have that passion for the streets, you can tell in everything that you were saying. One thing that I want to do right now is before we continue with the interview, Bronxnet uh, from from the Bronx, of course, Bronxnet, they came out on Saturday to the park, and they were able to do some videotaping, and they did some interviews, and they did a piece that came out on a show called Open, which shows on every Friday night, or every Friday at ten o'clock in the morning, and then they play it again ten o'clock at night on Channel sixty seven in the Bronx and other listings. You can check it out on Bronxnet.org. The show is called Open, but we happen to have the piece from that on video here that we're going to play for you. And yes, the videos do work this time. So check it out. This is the piece from Bronxnet that we're going to play for you. It's about two minutes long. Then we'll be right back with Pastor Jose and some more stuff, some music videos and all of that stuff. Rapfest Radio, rapfestradio.com. It's a day of praise and jubilee as people from all over the country gathered in the South Bronx to celebrate Gospel Rap Fest 2010. Individuals from all walks of life came together for one purpose. That purpose was to glorify God. These are all people that love the Lord. They've accepted Christ as their Savior. They go to church faithfully. They pray and they're members of a church somewhere and they donate their time. The Gospel Rap Fest gave Christian vendors the opportunity to sell their apparel and also showcase several up-and-coming gospel artists. 
These gospel artists that performed were able to create their own unique style that integrates two different types of music, hip-hop and gospel. We're in the Bronx where hip-hop was born, so it makes sense that we bring Christ in this fashion. One of the artists that performed shared his personal testimony with us. He says that without the grace of God, he would not be the person that he is today. I, mean, I was an alcoholic when I was 15, selling drugs at the age of 13. That's the reason I'm trying to touch people's souls and trying to, you know, really get them to understand that there's only one God, you know what I mean? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, Jesus the Christ. Last year, over 6,000 residents of the New York area came out to spread a message of God. This year, they're expecting even more so. A few familiar faces showed up at the event, including our very own open host, Bob Lee's daughter. She makes an appearance each year to show her support. There's so many Christian artists out there that glorify God through different genres of music, and hip-hop is a great tool for this area and just for the community. So I want to just come and, you know, show love to the different brothers and sisters in Christ. In addition to all of the entertainment and excitement of the day, the partakers of the event were also given the chance to meet their favorite gospel rap artists that have inspired them so much. Chi-Chi, she was real good. You know, she said a song, sing a song that really uplifted me when I, I felt like I needed to hear certain words. This year was Gospel Rap Fest's seventh year in the South Bronx. With the grace of God, they continue to have events like this for years to come. Reporting for BronxNet, this is Nicole Ashley. It was a day of praise and jubilee as people from all over the country gathered in the South Bronx to celebrate gospel. Yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. I'm about to like, take it on. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's fine, you know, people come here and they do crazy stuff. They like hitting the chair. Hey, we're back. We're live, by the way. Uh, I want to thank. Yeah, we got you, man. We love it. We love it. They're like, stop hitting the chair. Like, who, we had somebody once. That, they had their watch, and their watch kept hitting the. I was like, oh my god, they're gonna mess up my chair, man. I gotta put my hand here. Ah, it hit me instead. No, it's good. I want to thank all the people in all the people in the chat room. Albie from Puerto Rico. Let us know yeah, how's Albie, the sun treating you. You know, I mean. He, he's actually in Puerto Rico. You think he's doing ministry? He's hanging he's out. Like, yeah, he's in Luquillo Beach, man. He's in Luquillo. He has a little tent in Luquillo Beach. Call it a church. I got you, brother. Save me some canepas. Amen. But, hey, God bless those guys out there doing ministry in Puerto Rico. I look forward to being able to one day go out there and, you know, hook up with him. And I love I love Puerto Rico. I haven't been in a long time. Way overdue. And when I go, I'm going to check out Albi. I'll, I'll bring back a report. Make sure he's really working. Make sure. I, yeah, I'm going to open up a church in Hawaii. Oh, how convenient. Aruba. Hey, Aruba. Wow, that sounds good. Talk to me, Lord. Talk to me. Did you receive that? I, I kind of received that. Hey, uh, I want to remind you guys, you can get the Rat Fest t-shirt still online. All you got to do is go to Rapfest, uh, rapfestinc.com. It has a link right there in the front page. You can click it, or you could go to gratefulapparel.com and check it out. The Rap Fest t-shirts are the first ones on display. They have size small to 4X. You can pick them up to only $20, and they get delivered to your house. Really good. And don't forget, Rap Fest Radio mugs. We got them online right there at rapfestradio.com. Let me see. If you're watching me, it's to that side. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. It's that side or this side, but it's on the screen there. You could just click it, buy it, buy two, three, four. Give them good Christmas gifts. Represent Rapfest Radio. They're big. You can put an iPod in there as a Christmas gift to somebody. Send it to us. We'll take it. Mm. They hold the water nice and cold as well. Um, again, man, we we're, we're excited. I you know we have no format here. I don't come here with with prepared questions for you. Although I do want to ask, what impact 
do you believe your church is having in the community that it's in? Wow, that's that's a great that's a great question. Um, uh, I, I think right now, uh, in terms of New Birth, um, I think New Birth is really is really beginning to, 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 to let the community know that that the church is there for them. You know, um, I have a testimony. Um, we were having a youth rally about about two months ago, and I was sitting outside. And these three gentlemen are walking by, and, and two of them have 40s in their hands. And they're walking by, and one of them stops, you know, and, and he engages me in a conversation. He goes, he, he's telling me how he remembers me from the block, and how he remembers my brothers, and, you know. And he starts talking to me, and he starts saying, you know, out of everybody that God could have chose to do this, you know, he chose you. And, and God has brought you here because he has something he wants to give us. And the community center has a whole bunch of windows. Um, that that um, usually right. we close to keep the AC in or something. Right. And I remember he, he was there talking to us and he was just talking about you know and he said he said you know you can't come into a community like this and us not know who you are, you know mm. because you know us not knowing who you are it makes it can can wind me up in prison. <laughs> so well, so yeah. you know you can't you can't come <laughs> over here and I'm not gonna investigate you. You know we're we're gonna know who you are. You, we're gonna know who you are. We're gonna you know. So he said, and we know who you are, and you know we, we've noticed you. And at the end of the conversation, he said something really interesting. He said, Pastor, don't close the windows. He said, don't close the windows because we're listening. Nice. Wow. You know, don't close the windows because we hear you. We hear what you're saying. And he said, keep preaching the way you're preaching because that's the kind of message we need to hear. And, I, you know, and I remember, you know, we ended the conversation. I got up and went inside, but that was so impacting to me. You know, um, they, you know, just randomly, you know, and this was a spot where he said he used to light up his weed and smoke. Right. And now, so ever since the church got to this little community center, they don't do that there no more. They have to go away. So already we're providing discomfort for the kingdom of hell. You know right, what I mean? Right. That's nice. Already we're making the enemy uncomfortable because he can't do business as usual. And it's those little things that impact. You know, it's it's the it's the stopping on your way inside and just right. greeting people. You know, mm. not just going in. I gotta go do church, and I gotta, you know, I got my Bible in my hand. I gotta go preach, you know. But just take a minute, look around, look at the kids, shake some hands, give some right. hugs, right. offer a prayer. You know, it's not gonna kill you. And um, and I, I think it's really begun to impact the community greatly. You know, we just had a basketball tournament, a community basketball tournament a couple of weeks ago. Where do you do the tournaments at? Right across the street. There's a park uh, called Vidalia Park now. Um, and um, it's been there for a couple of years now, you know, but it's, it's still fairly on 180th Street, on 180th and Daily and Vice, right? Okay. So, um, so it's right across the street from the community right. center. There used to so. be abandoned buildings. Before. Yeah, yeah. Now they turned into a really nice park. So we had a, a basketball tournament there, and man, we were getting all kinds of stuff uh, people, from people telling us not to do it. Um, there was a there was an organization that was doing the tournament there um, about two years back, and they did it for about three years in a row. And a, a gang fight broke out in the middle of the tournament, and wow. referees were, were hit. So when we came out, we were like, we want to do this. We got from the community board, from the police department. We got scared, a lot. Right? Yeah, yeah a, a lot of people were scared, you know. And uh, but we we knew that this was something that we had to do. We had to, we had to get this done, you know. And uh, we went out there and we preached the gospel, and these kids listened, you know. That's and, they, awesome. and and the the, the the basketball tournament was sponsored by Street to Street. Okay. And, and this is a really strict program. Like, you know, yeah, they provide everything for free. They give you the free jerseys, free trophies. But you got, you know, the rules are pretty strict. And you know, here you have these kids who, you know, uh, on a daily basis, they live their lives the way they feel like it. Nobody's really. And now all of a sudden for an entire day, you can't curse. You can't fight. You can't, you know, and here they are, all these kids and gangs and all this stuff. And they're abiding by the rules. Willing just to play some ball. Just to play, just some, to ball. play some ball. And before every game, every team had to pray. 
Wow. You know, nice. and you know, and there was a leader, there was a church leader responsible for each team. And before each game, that team leader had to go with that team and say a prayer before that each game began. So one team, one group of kids might have prayed four times that day. Nice. Where they wouldn't they have prayed the where game, they wouldn't have level. prayed once in the entire year. Right. You know, so you know, it, it was really a blessing and it, there was there was a, a wonderful atmosphere, you know. That's awesome. And uh and I, I think the community is really being blessed by us being there, you know, and uh the impact is being shown now, you know, as, as the souls are starting to come in, you know. That's awesome. You know, I lived on that block for many years. Uh, the building's right across the street from the community center with the terraces. Amen. Right on the corner, right across the street from Honeywell Drugs. I worked in Honeywell Drugs for five years. And as a teenager, I remember sitting on my terrace, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, watching people get stabbed, watching shootouts, watching people come out drunk from the club, they, you know, from the, the community center, Amen. coming out of a yeah, party yeah. drunk. Fights breaking out. Uh, the there was a little Chinese store, that Chinese restaurant there had to be closed down so many times for people just coming in and doing stupid stuff. Saw a person get like a big spear, bow and arrow type thing through their back, right wow. there, right down below the window. People's cars being broken into. Uh, but I've never seen a church in that area, and I went to church right <laughs> there. I went to church across the street, but a church in that area reaching out to the community yeah. like that, you know. So I I I could. Uh, I put a stamp of approval and say, yes, indeed, it's definitely necessary, especially for that area. Because that neighborhood, I have family members there. And I'm saying it live on radio. I don't even go with my family there to visit people yeah. because because of the neighborhood. Amen. You know, and I, I'm just I'm just being honest. Recently, there was a big event there with my cousins. My uncles from Puerto Rico helped host a radio show in the plaza there by Honeywell, by the buildings. Amen. It was a secular station, but they were all coming in and... I went, I went by myself. I said, you know what? I could deal with the neighborhood. I know the place. I'll go check it out. And I was a little shook. I was like looking around. I'm like, it's been a while. You know, this neighborhood's kind of weird, kind of yeah, different, yeah. but definitely needed, man. And we can only applaud ministries like yours Amen. and other ministries that are out there. Don't be scared to take on a challenge in a neighborhood where you might be intimidated. You know, because while you think you're, be, you're intimidated, the neighborhood is even more intimidated. That's right. Because yeah. now they have, you know, there is, as much as we say we could be scared of a neighborhood, the neighborhoods are very respectful for churches. Amen. You know, you rarely see, how they say, dirt happen in front of a church. Mm -hmm. You know, and just, just recently with what happened with the Glory of Christ Church, that they burned it down. You know, it's like Pastor, Pastor Talavera says it clearly, a cowardly act Amen. of burning it down. They couldn't face up the challenge to the church and, and try to confront them personally. So they just figured, let's just burn the place down. Mm -hmm. But you know what? They're back and the place looks hot. Amen. I see the pictures and they celebrated their first service. It looks incredible. So when the enemy tries to tear down, the kingdom of God just builds it up to, you know, three, four times more. Exactly, yeah. You know, so we're excited. So what are the plans moving forward for the church? You said you had seven members first and now you're up to like 60 members. So what's up? Uh, well, I think now, uh, I think by um, from here to the end of the year, you know, uh, we're starting to think about a place. A stable place for, for the church um, and uh, we, we want to start vision casting for that and uh, we have a couple of events coming we have what we're, we're working with uh, Eric Lopez to see if we can have him come down um, to sometime in November um, to do a concert and stuff like that just okay. to just to begin generating the funds to be able to get that done you know right um, and uh, right now we're just just preach the gospel you know Love is a powerful thing, man. Oh, you know? amen, amen. And uh, you know, and, and people don't understand the power of love. If you if you can love hard enough, you know. And we just we just did a series just this past week um, called Furious Love, and it was based on the movie. And uh, and you know, and, and the love of God is powerful. Amen. You know, it is a powerful, powerful tool. Uh, I mean, we have a kid in our church that accepted Christ because he got a hug. 
Wow. You know, and now his job is to stand at the door and hug everybody that comes in. You know? So That's you, awesome. you know, so That's it's awesome. the it's the power of love, it's the power of just letting your guard down. You know, God calls us to be a light in the midst of darkness. You know, and and he you can't just listen to that in church. You know, you can't right, just sit right, there, right, yes, yeah. we're light in the midst of darkness right, right, and hope right, you right. can open up the windows of the church and the light will just stream out. No, you gotta come out. You gotta you gotta be a light. You gotta go out into that darkness and you gotta shine. Um, I got a quick testimony Go if I can, it. if I have time. Yeah, you have more. Uh, I remember when, when we started the church and we were at the community center and we, we were desperate for a Sunday service and the opportunity to do the hall came. Oh. And um, and that that was an act of desperation because we were working with the Presbyterian church that's there. Um, that's oh, what, yeah, up the block, up the block, right. Yeah, so we, have, we were trying to work with them to see if they would allow us to come in and do services. And um, there was a lot of politics involved, and you know, and we were trying to work with them, see what happened. And we were really expecting they were going to open the doors. Because if they would open the doors, that would have that would have been great Perfect, for us. Right. And uh, uh, and they had already given us the community center for free, you know, and, and they just allowed us to have it to use it as long as we were doing community outreach. I said, yeah, we can do that. So right now we use the community center absolutely free, and there's an open contract. There's no time limit to how long oh, we can awesome. be there. So the, we were working with this church, and we we're like, okay, let's see how we can do and. Um, and the whole church was geared, man. Everybody was just, they're going to give us, they're going to open up the door. When they open up the door, we're going to go crazy. We're just going to explode. And uh, I remember one day we're driving, and I get the phone call from, the, from um, the director from the Presbyterian Church, and she says, it wasn't approved. And I said, that was like, oh, my man. world. I said, you know, and I remember sitting next to my wife. I said, I can't go to church on Thursday and tell the church, we don't, we didn't get this. There's no way. I can't. I cannot show up there with bad news. I right. just can't. I can't tell them that what we've been praying for for six months just collapsed. You know, and I, I was desperate. And I was driving up 180th, and I turned. <laughs> you're not going to believe this. And I turned the block, and I turned the block right there. Uh, I turned on the block. I was on Southern Boulevard, and I turned on 180th. And I saw that the hall was open, and the door for the hall was open. And I stopped the car in the middle of the street, and I ran out. <laughs> and I leave my wife and the kids in the car. <laughs> And she's like, but park the car, park the car. <laughs> and I said, I'll be back, I'll be back. And I ran upstairs and there's some party going on, all the lights on, there's strobe lights. I said, where's the director for this? And he said, he's downstairs in a minivan. So I ran back downstairs. When I get downstairs, you know, here the guy's sitting in the van. I said, are you in charge of the place yet? And he said, yeah. And I, I just started to share my heart with him. I said, listen, I have a church and we've been functioning out of the community center and we need a place for Sundays. Would you consider renting this to us for something? I, I didn't even see the place. I didn't even know what it looked like. I just knew I couldn't was, show up on Thursday with nothing. <laughs> with nothing, you know? This church was counting. Church is counting on me bringing something. I can't show up with nothing. So I ran upstairs. So I start talking with him. He says, you know what? Come upstairs. That's, you know, I want you to see it. So we go upstairs. It was dark. I couldn't really see much of anything. There's a bar. There was a bar right, in the back. Yeah. There's a mm -hmm. whole bunch of Al Capone and uh, uh, posters on the wall and, and, and mobsters and all kinds of stuff. So I walked in, I saw it, I didn't really care. No, I was like, how much? And, you know, by when can we do this? So, uh, you know, he said, you know what? I got to talk to somebody. The whole thing was, uh, we eventually worked it out, and he gave, uh, we were able to start renting it just on Sundays for, for, for the service. And I remember when I took my leaders, you know, and I told him, listen, we're going to go look at the place because, you know, you know, we got to do some fixing to it, you know, in case. Don't we look might. at the walls. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really interesting. When we walked in, I just saw my leader's face just... It just dropped. And, you know, and we're walking through, and they're looking in the bathrooms, and they're, oh, my God, Pastor, did you see the bathrooms? They're horrible. And and it, it, it almost seemed like their faith was getting was getting shaken, you know? 
and there was an area towards the back of the hall that has like a little platform stage and i was right. standing there you know and the lord said bring bring them up here you know and i want you to i want you to tell them what i'm going to tell you you know and as they were walking up people started walking in and they started sitting at the bar to drink so here we are at the front we're meet, we're we're, look, we're scouting out this place for a church and there's people in the back with alcohol. Right, drink. So the funny part was that when, when we get to the place, the place was closed. So we wait for the owner to get in. So as I'm waiting for the owner, the owner shows up. He pulls out a hand truck full of boxes of beers. Budweiser. <laughs> and he gets out. And this is in front of my leaders. And I'm like, oh, my God. Lord. Great, <laughs> I said, what great. are they going to say? You know? So he opens the door. He's going up. So I said, you know what? Let me help you up with the beer. <laughs> so I grab the other side. And we grab the other side. Hey, we help him all the way up. And we help him upstairs with the beers. I'm like, you know, you know, what else could I do? You know. <laughs> so, so we're so we're there, and uh, and so now we're we're in this situation where you know the my leaders are there. These people are drinking in the back. This is supposed to be a church. How are we gonna do this? And I remember I called them all to the front where we were all sitting. I made a circle, and I said, if Jesus was here, this is where he would be. You know, if Christ was here today, this is where he would want to be. He'd be sitting on one of those bar stools waiting for the opportunity to minister to one of those lives hmm. you know and i said this is this is where god has called us to you know and if you're not ready for this then this isn't the church for you if you're not ready for this type of atmosphere if you're not ready for for if you're not ready for evangelism at this level then this isn't the place for you you know but if you're ready to make a difference for christ you know and you're ready to 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 just let it all go for god then this is the time this is the Man. season Man. you know and i remember i looked at them and their faith just came back and some of their eyes got water, and we did a circle of prayer right while they were drinking. We did a circle of prayer, and we began to pray. And when we broke the prayer, I said, make sure on your way out, you greet each and every one of them and tell them, God bless you, and Jesus loves you, okay? And as we're walking out, we did it, man, and we've been there now for a couple of months, and God has been God has been breaking down chains in the community, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, that, man. That's awesome. So hey, God is... Again, that's, that's what outreach is about. Hey, if you're in the chat room, if you have any questions for Pastor Jose, uh, just, you know, let us know. Just type them there, and we'll make sure that we get these questions over to him. We want to make sure we have everything covered here. We don't want to leave any stone unturned. Um, again, we may not have the answers to everything, but we do know one thing, that Christ is real, and we have to hit the streets, and we have to Amen. preach the gospel. You know, in the meantime, what I want to do right now is I want to take a quick break. We're going to go into this music video by Disciple. He was one of the MCs that was at Rap Fest. 2010 this past saturday which was off the hook if you missed it oh my god i'm so sorry but check out the facebook i've loaded 600 pictures from the uk well one of the brothers from the uk took like 600 pictures sent wow. them to me they're loaded jd has pictures up heck heck has pictures from bps Productions. a bunch of pictures out there a couple of videos as well but right now check out this video from disciple it's called something it's called free <laughs> it's called free that's what it's called free Disciple your Rapfest Radio, rapfestradio.com. Don't forget, hit up the chat room with the questions. We'll be right back with more with Pastor Jose. Please excuse my enthusiasm. We a pack of theocrats separated from God through Christ. We get reattached. What people think doesn't matter to me. I'm all about spreading God's fame accurately. Homie, we get it cracking with blessings and let the rock rush. Is there good outside of his grace? Not much. Faith in the Savior can be enough to get a man straight. Life outside of Christ, uh -huh. stickier than a band-aid. You already know, when we bout to praise, we go in the song with God and won't come out for days. Without the Lord, believe it, the game's over. Like, get with the Savior and know he's erasing the pain, soldier. Drunk in the spirit, we never remain sober. No walking with Christ.
Chris has been making my aim bolder. One person's dying and getting your frame over. With lyrics as hot as a flamethrower. Brother Kazan. My brothers are get free. My sisters are get free. I'm believers are get free. Everybody can get free. Believers, we gotta seek and well be. Jehovah welcomes you to the freedom LP. We get free. All races are get free. All nations are get free. All haters are get free. Everybody can get free. Believers, we gotta seek and well be. Jehovah welcomes you to the freedom LP. My fam checks for that man, yes. The devil gets ran next. Faith in the Savior's coming order like Grand Theft. Don't believe that he's good, brother. Check out the Lamb's text. Watch. Uh -huh. Believers are rolling tighter than spandex. Us versus sin? Believe it, it's not a fair game. Trust me, Jehovah can take you higher than airplanes. Word. Disciple is meat seeking. Like job opportunities in a recession, I'm decreasing. Uh -huh. The gospel is what I'm living at toss. Uh -huh. For me, everything else is considered a loss. The DI, SC, is a brother that will rhyme right. Uh -huh. Sick with the lyrics, but homie, I'm still fine. Like uh -huh. Jesus the Christ, he's dropping the skill, shine bright. Uh -huh. Take it from someone who knows that the real rhyme's tight. Yeah. Though my squad brings the fire when spitting, uh -huh. we are called to the highest commission. And we happy because we're free. My brothers are get free. My sisters are get free. I'm believers are get free. Everybody can get free. Believers, we got to seek them well, B. Jehovah welcomes you to the freedom, LP. We get free. All races are get free. All nations are get free. All haters are get free. Everybody can get free. Believers, we got to seek them well, B. Jehovah welcomes you to the freedom, LP. Yeah, I'm taking it there. Uh -huh. He's making it fair. We giving Jehovah praise from the bass to the snare, from the kick to the hi-hat. I wrote the rhymes I got in the booth, but believe me, this isn't my track. Nah. We rock it, please, and drop to knees, serving a God that's a lot smarter than Socrates. Uh, Jesus is making my pen bleed. He's blessing me indeed. Every believer's grateful to Jehovah. We've been free. I pray that the Lord will decrease the song beat. The block needs freedom, and these streets are stormy, and we seek the army. Presence of God, his love will make you Shout like you about to preach, reach your laundry yeah. We peep the drum, he's the talk of the town uh -huh. The gospel is real, so why would I water it down? Right. So if you walking around with your hawk and your pound Running from Christ, that gets you put in the coffin and drown So come get free We back live? Are we really? Right now? They can hear me? <laughs> Hello everybody, how are you guys? Hey, we're back here Oh, we're getting a voicemail call, hold on Hello. I missed it. If you're calling 805 Rap Fest, please call back. Someone will definitely answer your call. Uh, somebody will definitely answer your call. It's 805-727-3378. You could text us, you could call us, or you could email us, rapfestinc at gmail.com, or you could just go into the chat room. That's the easiest, because you type, we read it, we listen, and we take it from there. Uh, that was Disciple. The video was called Free. He was one of the rappers at Rap Fest 2010 this past week. It was awesome. Some quick announcements before I forget. You got the mugs right there at RapFestRadio.com. Pick them up. The t-shirts right there at RapFestInc.com. Well, not this one. This one, courtesy of J. Crew. Thank you very much. I don't know what it says. I just put it on. Uh, <laughs> J. Crew, thank you very much for the t-shirt. Uh, you can get the RapFest Inc. t-shirts, the RapFest t-shirts at RapFestInc.com or GratefulApparel.com. Next week, Monday night, we're going to be interviewing He Sun Lee. I love this girl. Oh, she, she is off the hook. She is she is so sweet. She's so shy, so timid. When she grabs that mic, she's like, oh! <laughs> like, oh I love it. I love it. So she's going to be here live on Ratfest Radio next Monday. And also, we got to give a big shout out to our TV producer here, Jay Boca, Justin Boca Chica. <laughs> Today's his birthday, 18 years old. Uh, happy birthday, Justin. 
Happy birthday. You want to come and say hi to the people? I no? just want to raise. You want to raise <laughs> from zero to 0 0.1? <laughs> 0 0.1. That's okay. Uh, I was going to say a raise. You're getting paid. <laughs> uh, yeah, Justin's birthday. Congratulations, Justin. You made it. 18 years. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Get back to work. Okay. Uh, I have some questions for you. How does one receive so much anointing, Joey? <laughs> uh... I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it happened by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about God's grace. It just happened, right? Oh, Lord. That's your answer. I, I hope you're he, satisfied. You made a mistake, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't, don't tell him. Don't yeah. tell him. <laughs> he doesn't know. Let's see. We have another one. Oh, okay. This is, this is a little more oh, okay. serious. Oh, I hope so. What was the most discouraging thing to starting this church? And then what was the most encouraging thing? Most discouraging thing. I think uh, uh, for us when we started, uh, uh, I think it was, uh, we were expecting to have certain things happen. There were, there were certain things that were supposed to be in place. Certain support that was supposed to be in place. You know that... Uh, uh, that maybe we, we didn't see, you know what I mean? We didn't see coming, you know, it's not easy, you know, starting a church from scratch, right? You know, um, you do everything yourself, you know, I mean, we show up to me and my wife and, and, and our leaders, we, we're the ones that, we're the ones that are there. You're on mopping, the church, you're the church. We're mopping right? the hall, you know, mm -hmm. to get it ready for the service. We're mopping the community center. We're putting up lights at the beginning, you know, so it isn't like we have teams of people doing this and we just show up and get to shine. So, um, I, I think, uh, I think at the beginning, um, the, the discouragement for us, I'm not sure if there's been a lot of discouragement to this point. It's been a lot of challenges. Okay. You know, I think the challenges is really, uh, and I, I don't really consider those discouragement. I just, you know, uh, the challenges just push, push me harder to go forward. Mm, amen. Um, at this point, I haven't seen much discouragement because God has been faithful. Amen. You know, That's and, awesome. uh, and God, God is definitely faithful to his word and to his promises, you know. That's awesome. Um, if next year I'm not here and the church fell apart, then you'll have the answer to that. <laughs> but, but, but right right now we're doing pretty good, you know. And, you know, uh, uh, right now, uh, you know, the, it, it's it's a struggle. And we knew what we were getting into right. when, you know, I, like I told you, I did this with my dad for many years. So you know there there was no secrets here. You know it was like this is this is gonna this is gonna this is gonna it's gonna be painful. You know and uh, we're gonna win a lot of people and we're gonna lose a lot of people. Right. You know and we, we're gonna we're gonna win people. You know sometimes you win people you don't like and you lose people you like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's not so up to you're us. like, why am I losing you? You know, but you don't you don't really have, you you can't pick and choose who God is gonna save. You know your job is to pastor. It's like what what you know. What, what God, what Jesus tells Peter, do you love, do you love me? Yes, pastor my sheep, right. you know, and you know, and he asks him again, do you love me? Pastor my sheep. So if, you know, we're here, we got to pastor the sheep, no matter what color, what size they come, right. no matter what temperament, you know, we just got to do what we have to do. Um, so it, it's been, a, it's a challenge, you know, every week is, you know, it's, it's a worry for you, you know, um, right. you know, who's going to show up to today's service? You know, um, are, are we going to meet the quota? Are we going to meet the rent? I, you know, so every every month is a challenge, but God, up to now, he's been faithful to his promises, Amen. you know? That's awesome. And uh, we've seen a lot of victories, man. And I think the greatest victory has just been the salvation of the souls, you know? Um, there's one girl who testified at our first youth rally um, who, you know, she was about to commit suicide. Or she tried, wow. she attempted commit, she attempted suicide. <laughs> uh, and she wanted to kill herself. And, uh, you know, she didn't, you know, she, she had a horrible relationship with her dad. She was just very angry. 
and um, uh, her family reached out to us. They said, listen, we, we need you to reach out to our, our uh, uh, you know, we, we need you to reach out to this girl. Um, and when we went to do it, it was too late. She, uh, they, they, uh, she had already attempted suicide. So they had taken her, they taken her to, uh, I believe, a hospital in New Jersey that dealt, that dealt with, with depression and dealt with stuff like that. So um, she was out of our reach. They didn't let nobody see her. Mm. So um, we were desperate to try to reach her. We were trying everything we could, but we just couldn't get to her. Um, and just so happens we were we, we were uh, we were having a, a new birth service, and they had released her the day before, and her cousins got converted, and okay. they were all at new birth, um, and uh, and they went and they went and they got it. They said you have to come to new birth. You just gotta come. It's just different. You just it's, it's not like church. Like you know it. You just gotta come. So she walked in and she walked in and she sat in the back and she she was just angry. She was just you could see that she was just going through stuff. Right. But the the power of God love God's love man just disarmed her man. It just man. it just tore away, and you know and God began to speak about fatherlessness and how He wanted to be her father and, and how He wanted to restore her and how how you know God had a purpose for her life and and she gave her life to Christ that day you know. Amen. And and she testified how 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 the ministry had changed her life. And it's those moments you live for, man. I mean, Amen. that one testimony, I could have closed the church right there and been satisfied. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? That's big. I could yeah. have said, God could have told me, you're done. At that very moment, and I would have said, amen. Right. And I would have accepted that because that one life was transformed, you know? Amen. And and you just got to know that, you know? Uh, everybody wants multitudes. Everybody wants to have the mega church, you know? And I, I think everybody should strive for that. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. Uh, sure. I, you know, I, I get, I, I, I just, I, I get a little frustrated with the churches that that, that celebrate mediocrity. You mm. know, and that, and that. How uh, how do they celebrate mediocrity? Uh, I think, uh, well, I think they just justify their situation. You know what I mean? I think it's, ma it's a matter of justification, where you know, uh, I I don't know what to do. You know, and this is this. You know, my church is like this, and this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, how do you have a 25-member church in a, in, in, a, in a community that has 2,000 people? You know, mm. is the gospel not for them? Wow. You know what I mean? So God out of... Out You're of hearing all, this? Are you guys hearing this? This is some powerful stuff right so now. So out of 2,000 people, God just wanted to save 25. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he died for the world. You know, that he died, and when he died, he reconciled the world to him. You know, and he, he's calling us to preach this gospel. So sometimes, you know, they get comfortable. You know, um, the, the salary starts coming in, things start happening, and suddenly the passion dies, man, and the fire dies, you know, and uh, and now they just justify, you know, but oh, I, I don't know, back in the days, I'd rather have one good sheep than 20 bad. You know, I want, give me the 20 bad and keep the one good one. Right. You know we'll what I mean? work with them, right. Exactly. We'll give, me, give me the 100 bad sheep, you know, because that's what God calls us to do, hmm. you know? Give me the twenty-one, the, the twenty unfaithful. Give me the twenty broken, the twenty, the twenty imprisoned, the Amen. twenty broken, the twenty depressed. Give me those. Those are the ones I want to work with because those are the ones that God is going to use to confuse the wise. Amen. You know, those are the ones that God is going to transform. Yes. He's going to lift them up, and their testimony is going to change the world. You know, and uh, and I, I think the church just lost its perspective at some point. You know, um, and it, it became about it became about buildings, and it became about structures and it became about titles and we we lost we lost we lost our love man we lost our first love that's so true that's so true i mean even now like for rap fest the week before rap fest we went out for a prayer walk right before the contagious event we did a prayer walk and some of the people that were with us they they spoke to my wife and they're like alice i love this, this is the first time i really hit the streets like this you know these are people oh, man, that are yeah. you know they're prayer warriors and stuff because they are prayer you know warrior. 
prayer, you know, but in the church, you're used, Amen. you know, yeah. to be a prayer warrior within the church is, it's a tough job. It is tough. It's not easy. Amen. But when you take your, your, your ministry out into the streets and you're, you're praying with a different purpose now, because, you know, in, in the church, it's easy to pray, Lord, you know, deal with those people that are out there, Lord, change it. But now when you're out there, you're like, deal with this brother right here Amen. that could be going through a struggle. Amen. You know, we were able to walk through that park and, and speak to people and, and one guy, you know, and those, you know, that park, no joke. Those pit bulls were mean. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about real pit bulls. They're like holding them back with the big chains. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I got to give a flyer to that dude. You know, <laughs> how far do I extend my hand? Can that dog reach? You know, is it going to, you know, I'm like, you know what, by faith, hey, God bless you. How you doing? Take a few steps back, you know, talk to him. He's like, yeah, you know, I used to go to, my grandmother used to take me to a Pentecostal church. It's good you're doing this stuff in the park. You know, we need this. Nobody comes out here. That's what we're here for. Amen. You know, and that's what Rap Fest has always been about. Amen. You know, and ministries like yours and and other pastors out there. We're called to reach the hurting. Amen. It's, I'm not going to say it's easy, but at the same time, it's got to be easy to start a church with a bunch of believers that just want to have a place to meet and sing their songs. Of course, yeah. You know, they're going to come faithfully. They're comfortable. Don't let anybody else interrupt this little meeting we have here. We all understand, you know, this is the way it goes. Worship is 15 minutes. The preaching is 25 minutes. You know, they do an altar call. We sell some donuts on the way out and we go home. We're happy. You know, but when you come into a church where you don't know who the next person coming in is, is going to be, or you don't know what struggles they, they have, you know, what what dirt garbage do you come with, you know, that's that's when you're starting to do church. Amen. You know, and I think I think you, you said it 100 percent right. The church has lost its passion for the souls. Yeah. You know, many, many beautiful structures and congregations are coming out and, you know, they're, they're flourishing. But it's just people, just Amen. groups. It's just groups. You know, it's time for the church to go outside. I mean, I love the Sanctuary Fellowship. The youth had a service for uh, a couple of Friday nights in the street. Yeah. Right there on the sidewalk in front of the church. It was awesome. You know, our church is in a predominantly Muslim community. Yeah. And to see them, you know, they come out, they have like a little, I, I don't want to call it a makeshift mosque because I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like a little mosque that they have there. I say that because it's like, a, I never heard of a storefront mosque, but it's a, it's a small place, but they have it there on the side. They came out, you know. Take a page out of our book. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're, they're learning. They're learning yeah, they're from learning. us. They, but they came out and they were like standing on a corner, kind of like looking, but not really, you know, but they're paying attention to little kids on their bicycles coming closer, you know, watching. But when you take your ministry out into the streets, that's what's going to happen. Amen. You know, so it's it's not discouragement, it's challenges. Yeah. You know, and how do, how do we approach them? You know, and are there any other churches out there that are, that are willing to go out there and do that kind of stuff? Amen. You know, it, it's it's not many. You know, we, we're encouraged by ministries like yours, you know, and other pastors as well. And, you know, your church, if people, when do you guys meet? I, you said where you meet, but you didn't say when. Uh, we meet Thursdays. Uh, we meet Thursdays at the community center, which is on 868. Um, on nine, I'm sorry, 921 East 180th Street. And we meet on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Um, we usually do 7 to 9, 7 to 9, 30, depending on what happens. Okay. Uh, and then we meet on Sundays at the hall, which is 868 East 180th Street, second floor. And that's at 10.30 a.m. We meet and we have our, our worship service at that time. Our Monday nights are, are usually for our trainings. Um, new believers, discipleship, leadership training, so stuff if, like if that. So if you're here, who's training them? <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. God's giving me some great leaders. Gilberto Velas, if he's listening, oh, I know okay. he's watching. And uh, Marilyn, Jose, and uh, Pastor Rick is coming on. Um, Ada, Pastor Ada that's out there too. Uh, she's our youth pastor. So I know they're probably watching. So God bless you guys. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm not sure which so, one. So if, I was going to say, so if they're all if they're all watching, who's doing the discipleship class for the new believers uh, no, now? Well, to, today there was no there was no discipleship class today because uh, we usually do it in segments. 
Oh, okay. So what happens is that we'll do the we'll do the new believers, and then uh, once that's done, um, usually there's a there's a break in between, and then we start the discipleship, and then once we do that, then there's a break in between, then we start the leadership. Um, not having a location, of course, makes that very difficult. You're right. You know, because you know, then you could offer two or three classes at the same time, but we, right. we we're forced to do it one at a time. Okay. So that makes it a little bit harder. It gives us some time to prepare and set up for the next. Oh, that's good though. Round. That's yeah. good. That works. So, my last question for you is: Somebody shows up to your church on a Sunday morning, ten thirty. What should they? What What will they expect? Uh, a lot of love. You know, uh, that's that's something that's been key at Newburgh from the beginning was. Um, everybody had to feel like they belonged here, you know? Um, that, that was the whole thing behind the come as you are, we really mean it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, you know, that, that was, that was uh, on our Facebook, you know, for the, for the first few promotions. Is come as you are, we really mean it because we really meant it. You know, we wanted you to be able to come as you were and not, not feel like you were going to be judged, not feel like somebody was going to be pointing their fingers. Man. You were just going to come in and be loved and just hear the gospel and, 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 and hear what God had to tell you, you know? So, you know, you're going to come in, you're going to come into new birth and you're going to come as you are, but you're going to leave how he wants you, mm. you know, and you're going to leave with a burden on your heart, you know, and um, that's pretty much what we, what we project, you know, that's what we want to project, Amen. you know, we want to be an evangelical church. We want to be a church that reaches the lost, that Amen. empowers leaders, that develops ministries, that, that sends them out. Um, and I think as long as we keep that vision, we should be, we, sh we should be all right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I know I said it was my last question. I always say that, but it's not, it's just like a pastor that says, okay, and my last, my last, <laughs> my point, last point, is, point and two hours later, they're finishing. No, That's but me, yeah. two quick points. Do you guys have like a worship team and everything at the church already? We, uh, we do. We do have a worship team. Uh, uh, we, we have a couple of worship. We have some phenomenal worshipers there that, that, uh, that, that God has gifted with a lot of wonderful talents. Uh, one thing that God has given, he's given us a lot of giftings, you know, and we're in the development process now of still building that up and mm -hmm. still finding, okay, what fits where, what, 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 you know, what happens where, um, David Velasquez, he helps to lead, he, he helps to lead, um, he helps to lead, um, Thursdays and on Sundays, um, together with him is Marilyn, um, also Marilyn Morales who helps him out and Lynette. And so we, we have a wonderful team of, of worshipers there that, that, um, God has gifted with some beautiful talents. So, okay. um, so they're there. So we, we definitely have a full full team, a full worship team that that's nice. there that's ready to minister. And you do Spanish and English. We do both. We go bilingual. Yeah. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. We're we're predominantly English right now, um, but we're in a Spanish community. Right. Um, so, uh, just so happened that when we began, it's kind of just flowed where, because we the younger generation that's coming in doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah. You know. So um, as there as the younger generations coming in, we we kind of we kind of found ourselves having to cater to them. Sure. But then there's a huge population there that only speaks Spanish and don't speak English. So as the church grows and as we begin to, 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 to shift and make changes in order to reach the full community, we know that we're going to have to, you know, uh, you know, begin to incorporate the Spanish and, right. and get, get the bilingual services going or not just have a Spanish service and an English service, you know. Oh, okay, that's cool. And listen, I know you guys are paying attention. And earlier I mentioned I had a funny chingling story for you. Yes. For those people that don't know, Chingalings, it's a motorcycle gang. Yeah. They've been around forever. They've been around forever. Uh, with the community where, where, I live, where I lived there and worked in that community, I had the pleasure, if you want to call it that at the time, of meeting and knowing these guys personally. Mm -hmm. You know, Flint, Mongo, Mongolito, the Cool Brothers, all of those guys that were part of the motorcycle <laughs> gang were like close friends to us. We used to go to great adventures together and hang out, you know, <laughs> and everything. These guys like in, you know, swimming trunks, combat boots, and spikes. You yeah, know, that's the, way they, that's the way they roll. But one day we were at a bakery by Cretona Park. There was a bakery there, still there, but we used to be able to buy bread through the gate, 
You used to yeah, knock yeah, on the gate, that. right? And you give them a dollar, yeah. they give you a big loaf of freshly hot bread, yeah. burn your hands hot bread. Perfect. My friend's brother worked at the bakery, so we used to always get a hookup, of course. So we used to go there at 1 o'clock in the morning. That was the hookup time. So we went there one day, 1 o'clock in the morning, four of us. We had just finished practicing our breakdance routines in, in the schoolyard at 123, whatever, 127. I forgot the name, number of the school. 116, sorry, up, mm-hmm. up further. We finished breakdancing. Dave says, yo, let's go. By the way, crazy Dave, thanks. I saw him at Rap Fest. The nice. brothers were praying for him. It was good to see him. And his sister Florence, they came out. So we go into the bakery. And David says, yo, hold on, let me go ask for the bread. So he climbs the gate. He looks down. Mo, yo, I need the bread. Blah, blah, blah. No problem. We're talking. He comes down. We're in the circle talking. We're talking. It's 20 minutes, half hour, 40 minutes. Yo, what's up with the bread? He said, oh, I forgot to tell you. They don't have any. Uh, they, it's not ready yet. So we've been there for about an hour. It's going on almost 2 o'clock in the morning now. <laughs> you know, so like, oh, man. <laughs> so we decide to turn around and start walking back. While we're walking back, David cluts, bumps into somebody, you know, literally bumps into somebody. And, you know, there's four of us. There's one of him. And, you know, you got the little tough attitude. He's like, yo, man, what's up? And the guy just turned around and looked at him like, whatever. So we stopped again on the next corner. We're just talking. And running up the block comes this guy with a big stick. Whap! And wow. cracks him in the ribs. You know, so David goes, ah, we, we're we like we're like ninjas at this time. We're, yeah. we're jumping over. Not to hit. We're, we're running. <laughs> we're, we're running like ninjas. The guy has a stick. So I'm jumping over a stick here. My friend Tyrone was like 18 feet tall. He's jumping over the guy's head the other way. And Will ran the opposite way. So I, I was with my friend Will. And I decided, yo, we need help. Let's go to the guys at the Chingalings because nobody's gonna run over there, yeah. you know, if they're if they're trying to fight. That's the last place they're gonna go is to a motorcycle gang. Yeah. So we're running towards the Chingalings and we look behind. The guy wasn't chasing us anymore. So we decided, you know what? Let's cut through the schoolyard, go back home. We cut through the schoolyard, go back home. Long story short, we get to the front of the block. My brother Mike is there. We're like, yo, these guys, they attacked us, blah, 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 the whole day. Blah, blah. And he's like, oh, let's go get them. We, we never went to get anybody. <laughs> David comes back and said, oh, man, where did you guys go? He said, oh, we were running towards the Chingalings because, yo, we were running for help. He said, you crazy? That guy that hit me, he was one of the chinglings. <laughs> like, lucky you didn't run that way. We did, but luckily we stopped. You yeah. know? I was like, wow. We were basically going right there to just kill ourselves. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was a suicidal mission we were running towards. Wow. But uh, I thought that was funny, only because nothing else happened. I mean, yeah, David yeah. got bruised. I think he still has the mark, you know, 20-something years wow. later. But it was kind of funny because we were running for help, but going the wrong way. Yeah. So <laughs> it was kind of funny. I just thought I'd share that with you, but Mongo, Mongolito. Uh, the moral of the story is it was a funny chingling story. <laughs> That's it. The chinglings, and they're still there on Hughes Avenue. They have a nice setup. They still own that big building there, I think, right? They, they're yes. still there. Yes, they so, you know, you got another another Amen. crowd to reach. Amen. You know, have a motorcycle gang service. Or That's something. right. That'd be awesome, yeah. man. Get on a bike, throw that. on a jacket. Even more vision. My church right now is there like, oh, God, don't tell him that. Don't tell him, <laughs> <laughs> don't tell him that. He's going to go home and have a dream. <laughs> A little bicycle, a bicycle. I can feel them cringing right now. Get him a bicycle with a little bell. With a little fake sound. Yeah. The, the balloon in the spokes like you used to do. The little stick. Yeah, yeah, little yeah, stick. Little now, but you know what? It's great to be able to have fun in the Lord, man, and to, to realize. Okay. Okay. Cancel out. No motorcycle. No motorcycle for pastor. Whose idea was that anyway? Whose idea was that anyway? But, um. One of the one of the things that, like I said, man, we're we're excited for young ministries, young not in age, but you know, uh, church plants and and new ministries being birthed and, and and starting new stuff. 
and we know that Contagious was a was a successful event. We saw yeah. the people that came out and and all the support you have from the community and the other churches as well. We look forward to other events. Hopefully next year it doesn't fall again. On, you know. No, no. Well, we, our intention is to keep it. The is first, to keep it, the first yeah. Saturday. I think the the confusion was, uh, and because from the beginning we never wanted it to fall with Rap Fest, but I, I, the gap in communication was always there, and of course now that's been resolved. But we were always confused with the first and second week. So hopefully now yeah. we can keep it exactly the way. Yeah, it we're is. always we're always trying shooting for the second week of August since we yeah. came out of the Salem Coffee House. Amen. We've been going thirty two years, thirty three years now. Yeah, every amen. second Saturday, oh, the second Saturday of every month, which amen. is thirty three years is a long time. Yeah, you just been doing this ministry 30, for thirty three years now. Thirty three years. Three years. No, years. I've just been doing it three years. Yeah, so three years. And yes, the, I got thirty years to so catch. Yeah, thirty years to catch <laughs> to catch up. No, to them, not to me. Yeah, yeah. Rap Fest is only seventeen years, man. We're, but still, it's exciting, man. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I want to do is I want to leave it up to you. I, I know you brought your Bible. I don't know if you came with a word in your heart that you want to share with the people or whatever, but I'm going to allow you to just close out the night with Amen. whatever God has in your heart for anyone. Just think of people that could be watching now that are considering planting a church Amen. or just partnering with a church that's a church plant or new. And remember, this goes up on a podcast and Holy Culture. We don't know who's going to download it, but we get about five, 6,000 downloads per month. Amen. So somebody could be hearing this and just wanting to hear that one nugget that's going to help them make that decision Amen. or, you know, just bring them closer to, to accepting what God is calling them for. Amen. So I'll leave it on you. Amen. Um, I'm, I'm not really going to read the word or anything. I think you said something that was uh, in your story, um, and it was a little bit funny, um, and, but it also made a lot of sense. And I think she caught it when you said it. Um, you know, you're looking for help, but you're running the wrong way. You know? That's it. That was the moral That's of the story. That's it. There you go. You see? I told you. <laughs> you know, you're looking, you know, there's, there, there could be a lot of you out there right now, man, that you're looking for help. You're looking for a solution. You're looking for answers. You're looking for direction, but you just, you just keep running the wrong way. You know? And um, so many times that happens, you know, where... You know, we, we feel and we know that God has a calling for our lives. And we know that God, but we just don't know what to do. You know, we don't know where to begin. We don't know how to start. We don't know, you know, and, and that's where faith comes in, hmm. you know. And um, if, if there's any way that you're going to get what you want to get, you're going to have to take a step of faith. Hmm. And faith is courageous. Faith is not always having the answers. Faith is not being able to see 10 feet in front of you and just trust that God is going to be there, you know. And me and Albie had this conversation when God called him to Puerto Rico. You know, what is faith? You know, what does that what is that going to take? You know, what does it take? You know, because is faith have, making informed decisions? Or mm. is it making decisions based on what God said, whether you see it or not? You know, when Peter steps off of the boat, you know, Peter doesn't know if he's going to just drown. You know, but he's taking a step of faith. He's trusting that when he steps out, that he's going to be able to get to where Jesus is. Amen. You know, so here he is, you know, and he gets out the boat and he starts to walk on the water and, and he walked on water, man, <laughs> you know, and that was his faith, you know, and it, it was faith in the impossible, believing the unthinkable, you know, um, having that vision, that dream that everybody looks at and say, you can't do that. When they say you can't do it, that's when you got to do it. You know, that's, that's when, that's when God is saying, that's where I shine, you know, and for us, that's what, that's what it's always been. You know, believe the unbelievable, believe the impossible, you know, and here goes Peter and he's walking on the water. And, you know, when he sees the storm, he becomes afraid. He starts to sink, you know, and as soon as he starts to sink, the first thing he does is that he calls out to God, you know, and so many people see that as failure. You know, so many people look at that story and say, oh, Peter failed. Peter messed up. Peter was the man, mm -hmm. you know, and what faith does is, is what, what the powerful thing that Peter did in the water wasn't that he walked on water. The most powerful thing that he did was that when he was drowning, he called on Christ. 
And what does Christ do? He moves from where he is to come to Peter's side, where he is in his struggle, to pull him out of the water. Amen. And faith Amen. moves God. And that's the kind of faith that we need. We need the kind of faith that's going to move God to where we are. You understand? Amen. That's going to bring 100%. God to where we are and it's going to allow God to pull us out this water and stand us on this water and give us the strength to do what God is calling us to do. So I, I challenge you, man, just have faith. You know, if, if you believe that, that God is calling you to something, you believe that God wants to use you, uh, step out the boat. Amen. Step Amen. out the boat and see what happens. That's, Amen. That's awesome. I mean, that's again, that's a very awesome, encouraging word. Many of you out there just have to step out the boat. You know, take that that Amen. faith, like you said, that step of faith that moves God. You know, it's 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 so important. It's Amen. so important, and like many young pastors are doing that now. They're taking that step of faith and moving. Brother E, perfect example of the elements. He took that step of faith, and now he's like, oh my God, we don't really fit in this little spot that we have. You know, what do we do next? You know, and and that's taking a step of faith and just Amen. moving forward. And we are we are just about done here. Yeah. Uh, we are just about done here today. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Rapfest Radio, rapfestradio.com. Don't forget, New Birth, New York. You can check them out at nbny.org. That's nbny.org. You'll find out all the information about them. Rapfest Radio, remember, you can check us out. Rapfestradio.com, rapfestinc.com. Look us up on Facebook, Bert Boca Chica, Twitter, and you know all that stuff. And only one more thing we have to do. And that'll be right after Pastor Praise to end this this broadcast. We'll play Eric E's commercial. You definitely got to go pick up this CD called Rep the King. It's got some hot stuff. When you get a chance, check out the music video as well. Rapfest Radio, rapfestradio.com. You will learn us because we are out of control. Pastor Jose, Thank you. you just pray. pray to, hey, oh, our pleasure. Thank you pray. We dismiss. We're done. Eric E commercial and we're all over. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, uh, to be here. Uh, with my brother Bert Broca Chica, Lord, and Rapfest Radio, Lord, I pray that you continue to bless them, Lord, and increase yes, Lord. their ministry, my God, that you would supply every need. Lord, every person that's watching, Lord, that might have a calling over their lives and a purpose. Yes, Lord. Lord, I pray that you commission them now. Lord, I pray for dreams. I pray for vision over them. Lord, I pray, my God, that you disturb their sleep tonight, Lord, and you let them know the plans that you have for them, Lord. In this moment, my God, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this brotherhood, Lord, that has been formed in this unity. Lord, we thank you for ministries like this, Lord, that give allow us to come in, Lord, and share our vision, share our dream, Lord, and share what you're doing, Lord, in our lives. We thank you, Jesus. Bless this ministry, Lord. Bless New Birth, Lord. We thank you. Bless everyone watching. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 God bless. See you next week. Bless Peace and Lee. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt your local programming for a special program service announcement. Victory Praise Music presents the brand new album from Eric E. Rep the King. I rep the king. Yeah, dude, I'm telling ya. I rep the king, man. I'm gonna be his messenger. I rep the king with the song that This I new project includes the smash hits Awesome him. God, Big Spender, Homegirl, I'm a Survivor, and others. With special appearances by Benji De Jesus, Michael David, Sally Correa, Sonia April, and more. Plus, it includes four bonus tracks from the upcoming Latin hip hop album Represento. Eric E. Rep the King, available right now, available on iTunes. Get your copy today. Represéntalo, represéntalo hoy, represéntalo, represéntalo.
Represéntalo, represéntalo, hoy represéntalo.